And we are live once again. This is the FFS podcast. I'm your host Praddy and this is episode 24 part 3. Now like if you've uh, welcome back to those of you who've been listening to parts 1 and 2. Uh, to those of you who are joining us for the first time, I'll give you a small brief introduction as to how this particular episode is going to be structured. So throughout the month of January or for most part of the, of January, I will be hosting a slew of guests uh, who are fans of various clubs across the world in some of the top leagues, uh, I'd say top 4 at least, and we'd get their insights as to what they uh, expect from the from this season, what were their favorite moments from the past season, from the past decade. I mean, we, after all, we are in 2020. And then what we'll ex- what uh, what we're also going to do is we're going to discuss about topics that the guests themselves have chosen Un- unlike our previous episodes where i would basically choose a topic because that would give them the freedom to decide what they want to talk about and we'd actually get to know their actual thoughts right uh so but this particular part's going to be even more different because i will be the one that will be giving my thoughts on this and i'll have someone else interviewing me for this part You've probably heard of him if you heard of if you listen to some of the earlier podcasts uh it's Karthik from Bangalore so let me hand over the mic or the the emceeing baton to Karthik uh so here Karthik why don't you start off with Hello everybody a happy new year to all of you my name is Karthik and uh, you and you would have heard of me before in this podcast talking about Juventus and Indian football and in this episode i will be interviewing pradyum on liverpool the team he supports we'll be talking on the season up to this point the decade gone by the decade coming up and his expectations for this season and the decade ahead liverpool have had a great start to the premier league season they are unbeaten this season they have had They are now 14 points ahead with another 18 games to go. So do you think it will take a miracle to stop Liverpool from winning their Premier League title in 30 years? I think this, this will be the first Premier League title in the Premier League era. Uh, not, I, I don't think it will take a real miracle really. I mean, Liverpool fans are cautiously optimistic about their chances this year. But we have seen how quick... things can change in the premier league especially manchester city remains our biggest rivals or biggest con- title contenders despite being one point away from below leicester city in the league in the table but they the one club who can pull up a string of 18 wins on the trot and who can probably put the pile on the pressure on liverpool and it seems i mean we haven't really seen liverpool be put under pressure this season by the rivals when it comes to the point gap so yeah i mean it, i don't know about miracle i think there's still i think 19 ga- 18 games or so left in the league uh, and it's it's a long way to go i read somewhere that if it goes currently goes this way then the then mathematically it can all be done by the 14th or 15th of march but i mean it's going to take a mammoth task given the fixture list that's coming up now the champions league that will start in february 
and yeah i mean it, it's going to take i i wouldn't say it will need a miracle but it uh it's it's difficult to see right now where you could lose points but obviously the next couple of matches are key you have spurs manchester united coming up in the next two to three matches so it's going to be tough so i i wouldn't i wouldn't say that the title's over or yet or something uh, there's still quite a lot probably if you ask me in february and the and the uh, table still remains the same then i i would say with a little more optimism that yeah maybe now we a miracle would really be required to stop us but yeah i think this is a great place for liverpool to be in given how the other teams are competing for the fourth spot like my own club manchester united after you know they they're not able to take advantage of the their competitors like chelsea and spurs dropping points and you know taking advantage of that i mean i yeah you know, i mean i i get what i get what you mean i i like yes teams would definitely i mean who wouldn't want to be in our shoes right now right uh the fans are all together the, with the club they all moving towards the same direction but i mean whether liverpool is benefiting from the other other clubs being in a somewhat transition season and not being at their best i don't know i i think the only one that i think it was inevitable where we be right now uh, it's not that we were always going to be struggling because the rest of the league is struggling that we find ourselves where we are it was all we could see the seeds been sown probably 2 to 3 years ago uh, uh, yeah maybe 2 years ago when say when liverpool purchased uh, virgil van dijk from southampton you could see that the plan was being built into place with the likes of sala alisson then all being added on and so like i mean it's it, it's an it's probably an inevitable inevitability that's come about rather than us kind of benefiting from the our rivals altering continuously over the uh, couple of years because i i think given how manchester united chelsea and all are, have been going through even over the past couple of seasons it, i don't think liverpool have been too bothered i think the strength or the mentality shown by liverpool's players are w- would have carried them maybe yeah i i would have probably agree that we wouldn't be currently at the position we are now which is like 19 wins out of 20 and even one draw but i it would be hard to not see us be challenging for a title this season because i think even last season we showed that even when chelsea had eden hazard and united had lukaku and all those guys so we still held our own so yeah but i mean i i guess like i i mean coming to the point that i really wanted to talk about which is you know we see a lot of football clubs be successful over a period of time and you know there's this little i i felt this little uh, i wouldn't say anxiousness but you know an uncertainty of how well we can really handle success as a football club uh we, we sorry you know like the arrogance seeking like the arrogance seeking into the clubs like once they've had a certain degree of success i mean yeah i, I mean i i less on the arrogance because i think klopp and all are, are good enough to hold arrogance at bay yes there are players who are probably arrogant but i think klopp is smart enough to know when that arrogance goes out of hands and then he knows how to deal with it but it's not with that but i think from an ownership perspective 
I I'm a little scared because like you see the likes of Arsenal, right? When they won uh, their Premier Leagues and th- when they were on a real high uh, after being invincible and all of that, they decided to move stadiums to the Emirates. They decided to hi- I I think they're now decided to hike up the ticket prices for Premier League, which became I mean your I think Arsenal are the most other have the highest uh, ticket prices in the Premier League. which is ridiculous given the position that they are in right now but you know seeing that and seeing the kind of stories that come about because of all of this that you know uh yeah that kind of like is i wouldn't say it's too much of a concern to me right now but yes it is i'm hoping that we don't go that way or even move towards that way i remember in uh, 2016 that liverpool decided to hike up their ticket prices and like fans backlashed at it i get it also because we weren't at a stage where we were too successful so it's not like we could justify those ticket prices uh because we were still a mid table club we weren't getting into champions league places regularly we were struggling uh, against some of the big teams and so i could understand but given where we are right now uh, like if the if the club were to say like hey man we're going to they're planning to extend the capacity of the stadium that's already been clear anfield road expansion uh, plans have already been accepted they're going to make it i think it's now 55000 they want to make it at least another 10000 more which is 65 and you know all of this kind of would lead to obviously there's demand for to watch matches at anfield i mean uh, who wouldn't want to watch matches at anfield but the scare for me is like if they start increasing prices and then you would have i i still love the i mean i still i'm uh yeah i'm scared because like liverpool is like a working class city it's uh, it's not i i get a i get pissed off because a lot of people call it like uh pure trash because of what it was say in the 60s and 70s and probably 80s but right now i mean it's still a a uh, city of working class people you still have people have to earn a lot I, i mean they spend most of their money on ticket prices from their hard earned money right so uh increasing prices i the fact that we are unified as a fan base i just fear that something as ridiculous as a ticket price could like hinder all of that or kind, kind of come in between all of that uh and and added to the fact that yes while fsg holds uh the i mean holds trophies and our success in their hearts like they really want us want us to succeed rather than say a stan cronky who just wants profits the fact that they uh, that liverpool have been so successful have been garnering so much of revenue not only from on the pitch uh success but as well as off the pitch we've had sponsorships we've done good transfers transfer business has been booming right now we've been able to sell uh fringe players for like 20 30 20 million or so to mid table clubs and only get and you know incomings aren't always that expensive so i mean there's that scare that maybe the owners uh will go one day like like liverpool are quite a successful club we might as well try and milk out as much as money as we can from this it's the same thing with the glazers at united is the same thing with stan cronky at arsenal so that that's that's the little worry but i mean it i do i don't 
I haven't heard much stories about. I, 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 before I get to that, I think the other worry is that we are run by FSG, who all things said and done aren't Liverpool. The owners aren't Liverpool fans in the sense that they weren't Liverpool fans when they first bought the club. They bought the club as an investment in because they were they had already invested in the Boston Red Sox. They wanted to do the same similar type of model, bring the similar type of model into. Uh, into European football, yeah, Premier League, but into European football, and so I, it's not like the owners were Liverpool of a boyhood or uh, girlhood, whatever childhood Liverpool fans who um, want to only see the best that is for the club. They are Americans who would always, who have obviously an ulterior motive to these kind of investments, which is they want to try and get as much as or revenue as they can as well as maintain success so that that that's the kind of worry that i've had so far so yeah i mean that that's what i wanted to talk about basically that is as much as i love watching my club be so successful there is something in the back of my mind that goes like like i hope we're successful but i hope we don't turn into like one of those clubs that only Sorry? Arrogance, not only the part of the manager or the players, but also, but also from the owners. You know, mismanagement can affect the club as... Mismanagement part of the board can affect the club as, as bad as mismanagement on the pitch. Exactly. that We become so successful that the owners now only look at the dollar sign rather than our on-field success. Uh, but I suppose that being said... We have Klopp and all these guys who, I think, there are, there are two ways. So, one is that we have a fan base that's quite, quite, uh, like, influential in a way. When we had Graham and, uh, I think it's Graham and Hicks, or, no, Gillette and Hicks, sorry. I don't know why I said Graham. Gillette and Hicks, uh, the owners before FSG, when they were in administration, they didn't want to leave the club. They were almost, they almost took us to administration. But I think the Liverpool fans put out a like a video uh, which became a viral sensation asking them to leave our club, which eventually got through to the owners and then they eventually sold uh, to the to FSG. But I mean, I, I think our fan base and even when I as I said in 2016 when we increased the ticket prices, uh, the fans actually like protested. I think around 10,000 fans left the match against Sunderland. Uh, and that kind of caught the attention of the owners and they immediately slashed down the prices back to where it was and had to op- publicly apologize for doing a stunt like that. So that being said, I think our our fan base is quite influential in these kind of decisions. It's I, I wouldn't say that we're toxic in the in the way that people now are talking about Arsenal and sometimes even United, right? Uh, that we keep criticizing. I think because we are such a footballing city i mean liverpool is such a footballing city that everyone respects the views of the liverpool fans and i think our fan base is strong enough to kind of make a difference in what the owners do to the club uh, and the second part of what i was trying to say is that klopp is quite an influential manager in in the way that the business is done. And if I think he feels that 
he's not being supported or the owners are being too um what's the word uh being a little too stringent with the money like they uh miserly yeah that that's the word. so miserly with the money they're not supporting him and they're also trying to look out for what's best for themselves rather than the club i think he would then him being a manage influential manager manager would also make a big difference because he would maybe publicly say that maybe leave the club he he he, he yeah he'll make his feelings known and so i mean i think that way we are in safer hands and also to be fair i, I mean i don't know how much of an argument this makes but i don't see too much of an issue being done at boston red sox uh, but again like i said it may not be a a good argument to make because stan kroenke supports the la rams more, more than he does arsenal so uh yeah so 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 yes i am concerned but i think everyone given that everyone's on the same page for at least for the next decade or so i don't see there being any conflict of interest within the club or any kind of mutiny that the fans would start against fsg or something unless they do really something really really stupid more or less as an overall thing i think we are happy at where we are right now and as much as i, I there is a concern of how bad the how success can affect us in a negative way i think we should maybe be all right yeah it's important for the off field issues to be taken care of as much as the on field issues because you've seen many times that when things go haywire or feel like it can affect performances on the field too we spoke about your position in the premier league and now we are at the start of the fa cup weekend and you're playing atletico madrid in the pre quarter final round of 16 of the champions league so how far do you think liverpool can go this season and can they do the double or the treble i mean i i it all depends right so right now i think the obviously the premier league's the main focus for liverpool this season we did the champ- we won the champions league last season so i think that's kind of ticked off atletico poses a very difficult proposition to liverpool a very different and difficult obviously a different proposition in a way that i think they're probably one of the most defensive sort of teams that liverpool ha- have faced in the past 2 to 3 years that they've been in the champions league i don't think we've faced anyone so defensive i think even roma have wasn't this defensive I can't think of anyone else that we have probably Napoli is the closest to a defensive team that we as defensive team as we faced and I think Atletico are, are a little better at it in a way so uh, the only time I remember playing against Atletico Madrid was in the Audi Cup and I think they beat us on penalties if I'm not mistaken uh, but that being said I mean it's funny that we talk about Real Madrid making the final three times and winning it three times obviously but Liverpool have made the Champions League final twice in the last two years obviously losing one but the fact that we made it twice to the finals gives us that exp- experience that we need and that also being said that i think under Klopp we haven't lost one we haven't lost at Anfield in a knockout match uh, i think every team that we faced we've beaten at home despite and obviously Barcelona taking the biggest one where we managed to even uh, reduce a 3-0 deficit and overcome it basically so uh, that that fills me up with more confidence now whether we can do it whether we can do the double or not that 
I mean, it's it's gonna take a lot of beating to do that. There are a lot of there are good teams this season, and I don't know about where our priorities lie. It depends where we find ourselves in uh, March, February, March. So if, if I think obviously the first uh, leg is in February, and then that and the next one's in March or something. So depending on where we are in March, we'll come to know where the priorities lie. I think Klopp would like to win both. Obviously, who wouldn't? And the FA Cup also is something that he, I guess, is he ranks a little more higher than the Carabao Cup, way more higher. So it'll be interesting. But uh, if anything, it's it's the Premier League that is paramount this season. So even if that means getting out of the Champions League in order to prioritize the Premier League, should we be in a position where we really need to? Then that's something I could. I I I don't see Klopp doing it, but I think there'll be a. Like he'll rotate in a way where it doesn't, it does. He'll show that it shows that he isn't taking the Champions League as seriously. So, but yeah, ideally we'd like the double is something that every fan would love to do. Treble would be very difficult given how the FA Cup has lost its like glamour at least in within Liverpool. I think we haven't really taken it seriously. We kind of looked at it as a kid competition. Not as much as the Carabao Cup, but we still don't we we don't feel that dejected if we lose out on a FA Cup. The last team to do the Premier League and the Champions League double was Manchester United in the 2007-8 season, when we had the great strike force of Rooney, Ronaldo, and Tevez, and the defense of Vidic and Ferdinand and the goalkeeper in Van der Sar. We won the title on the last day when we won and Chelsea drew, and we beat them later on in the Champions League when Terry missed the penalty. It's difficult for English teams to do well in the Champions League because of the extra extra tournament they play in the Carabao Cup, and and, and the winter tournament sorry just come in, so it's always been difficult for English teams to do well. Uh, I I agree. I mean, I think there is that disadvantage, but I think the fact that the Premier League, at least Man City and Liverpool, their stamina and their fitness levels are way way above the likes of. Spanish teams and even some of the German teams. So I mean, like it, it. Yes, the fact that they play more matches is a hindrance because people get tired, people get muscle injuries. But also that because you're playing at such a regular level that you are accustomed to playing ninety minutes on a regular basis. So the fitness levels are always there because these are the two teams who love to press almost for sixty, seventy minutes, and no other team really kind of does that in the. La Liga and all—it's very rare. Even Barcelona and all don't do it. So, yeah, I mean, fitness level-wise, I think that's why we're seeing a lot of English teams dominate European competition because we are way more fitter, given how fast-paced or how difficult the Premier League is. All right, it's the start of a new year and the end of a decade. What was your favorite moments from the past decade? I mean, it's easy to say. I mean, there are a lot of happy moments despite us not winning too many trophies. There've been a lot of happy moments, but I mean, like the Champions League's one, Barcelona's another one. But I think my happiest moment was when we when we signed Jurgen Klopp. Like when Rogers left, and I was a little happy that Rogers left. Uh, but I mean, it was it was between two. So I would have been happy with Jurgen Klopp as well as uh, Carlo Ancelotti, both who were quite close. Uh, even he was quite close to joining. He said so in an interview recently. But I mean, with Jurgen Klopp, I felt more assured. 
I felt like he knew what it was to have a fan base. I was so passionate. I loved him at Dortmund. I, I, I was, I used to su- like not support, but I used to like kind of cheer when Dortmund used to win when they won the Bundesliga and all that. It got my attention. The way he was, the, the I mean, the animation and everything. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, the charisma and everything. It, it, I just felt like, yeah, we got the right man. He, he w- was, he was. Uh, to Liverpool, what Arsene Wenger was to Arsenal—that that's the kind of feeling I felt like, and that's also probably of the name and everything. But I just felt, yeah, that, like this is it. This is the guy we needed. And what do you think was the lowest point of the decade? Yeah, I mean, so lowest point of the decade is obviously how we started the decade under Roy Hodgson, almost under administration, uh, Gillette and Hicks running the club into—I don't know what it was—they were running the club into probably the ground and um, yeah i mean like there was a lot of uh, anger amongst the fan base they wanted the owners out and some of the signings oh, dear god some of the signings i mean uh, thankfully i don't remember recall much of the 2010 season because i kind of blocked that out of my memory but yeah i i, I definitely remember i mean even roy hodson kind of saying that we weren't too big enough to fail which was quite a slap in the face to any Liverpool fan who's been supporting the club since, I mean, the 80s or 90s or whenever. I don't think you've ever had a manager who say that. So, yeah, that was definitely the worst decision ever made in our club's history in the past decade or so. And, uh, yeah, I think I think that that was the lowest moment. I think I didn't know where, how low or how further we would fall. But thankfully, uh, we could rise up again. Now that you discussed the past decade, what are your expectations from this remain from the remaining of this season and the upcoming decade? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know my thoughts about the upcoming season. It's obviously we we won two trophies out of the three four competitions that we've uh, got ourselves into. Fine, three if you don't count count the Community Shield, which I don't think we didn't even have half of players in there, so uh, who would come back? So I wouldn't count a community shield to be anyway a, a trophy that is worth mentioning. But at least the, out of the three competitions that we've really played a part in, we've won two trophies and hopefully we've got another three more competitions to look at. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be, it's going to be an interesting season, yeah, no doubt. It's going to see how well we can... We've got, I mean, not to say anything, but there are a lot of records also on, like, that can be broken if if needed. But I think everyone's looking at it at one game at a time. Anything can happen in Premier League. So, I mean, in the next season, hopefully it's a little more it's successful as the previous one was. And, uh, yeah, I think over the next decade, it's going to be really, really interesting. I hope we can have some more successful seasons under Jurgen Klopp. He already signed an extension until 2020. Uh, 2024, sorry. I was about to ask you if you think Klopp will last the majority of the decade. I mean, major part. I mean, not even major. I mean, so 2024 years more, which isn't major because there's six more years. I don't extend. I don't expect him to extend it more than 2024. I think this is the longest he's ever been at a club, and I I think he's the kind of manager to kind of call it a day once. Not call it a day as in retire, but call it a day at the club once his contract runs out. I think the 24 was because they had discussions about. Gerard not being fully ready to take over at 2022 uh, when Klopp's contract was running out. Uh, but 
I think now with another couple of years extended and the fact that they've discussed that they want to set up for the next manager to come in so that there's no uh, there's no like kind of dip as much as a dip as some of the other clubs have felt so far you know that the, the plans plan has been put into place right now plus also i think they uh, the kirby and uh, melwood training facilities are going to join together and become one huge facility where they're going to integrate the youngsters into where it becomes easier to integrate the youngsters into the main squad so he wants to kind of oversee that as well and make sure that that runs smoothly so there's there's a lot of things that are running but i think 2024 is a long way away uh and i don't see him be beyond that now beyond that whether gerard is ready to take over i'm not sure maybe they might take pep linders who's the assistant coach maybe for another maybe a season or two before gerard comes in but yeah before the end of the decade gerard will be should be the manager of liverpool and yeah that's where we should see us and he should have the squad that he wanted because as i said everything's in place to make sure that the next manager is ready and it's no coincidence that gerard kind of that when gerard signed his contract extension to 2024 that klopp did this i mean they announced that klopp had also extended to the same year so the the plan is definitely in place it's just now that and klopp and steven gerard have already always been in conversation with each other so they, i mean that that plan is being put into fruition and it's going to be very very interesting to see how it all pans out uh if it goes all according to plan then yeah that that's going to be a legacy that is going to rival that of united in the late 90s to i mean 90s and 2000s all right that's all the questions i had it was good talking to you and getting your view, and getting your views on liverpool because it's usually you're the one who asking questions Yeah I mean it was fun I think uh the, yeah like you said I mean as a host yeah I do give my thoughts but it it's not as extensive as it is when I am actually a guest on my own show but uh so thanks Karthik for being the host for this episode uh this part of this episode rather and uh yeah so I think that's all the time we have for this part uh thank you for tuning in i hope you had a good time listening to everything about liverpool and uh, if you want to go catch parts 1 and 2 you can do that and you can also wait for parts 4 until probably 31 because i'm planning to do one every other day or oh, every day rather so uh thanks again thanks karthik for being a part of this podcast um yeah it was a pleasure to have you uh so don't forget to leave a like drop in a comment share with friends and family and also subscribe to the podcast you can also follow us on twitter and i guess that's about it for episode 24 part 3 i'm your host pradi once again and see you